2: Hi, everyone. Robbo here. You're listening to the Blues Focus podcast. Keep right on. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blues Focus podcast. We're back again. Another grand return, hopefully a bit more regular. Um, John's not with us at the moment. Hopefully, we will be back on the podcast again soon. So you'll have to suffer with me as host today, unfortunately. Um, But thank you for tuning in anyway, and uh, we'll try and give you a good show as always. And um, let's let's say hello to who we got with us today. And as always, we've got Carl. How are you, mate?
0: Yeah, good, mate. Good, you?
2: Uh, good, yeah, yeah. Not too bad. Just a uh, buzzing blues one the other day. It's definitely made the weekend more enjoyable. And um, an interesting one, especially if you followed any other content I've done, you might recognise the lad. Has been on the channel before, but not the podcast. And that's Brandon, Derby fan. Um, so should be an interesting contrast to the podcast. But he has watched our last two games, so uh, he, he'll, he'll have a bit to say. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, hopefully I'll become a popular figure, but you never know, I'm a, a Dolly fan. so
2: <laughs> we'll, we'll soon find out. We could go one or
1: two ways. <laughs> yeah, more, I might.
2: <laughs> yeah, will. yeah, I'm good, mate, yeah. People might appreciate a different view, so that's, that's why I've gone with it. So uh, we'll see how it goes anyway. <laughs> Um, but thanks for joining me, lads. And let's crack straight on into things. Let's let's probably quickly cover Hull and Coventry. We might have missed more games than that, but I'm going to start from there. Uh, um, so, Carl, uh, I'll start with you. Um, just your general thoughts on that Hull game. And obviously, the uh, the first goal is probably the biggest talking point.
0: Well, where where'd you start with that? Um, first of all, I mean, I think, I think the biggest thing we've got to remember about the games we've played and the games coming up, we've still got a load of players out. And that's been very evident by the whole and the Coventry games, you know, the performances, I think. And as for that first goal, well, yeah. I mean, how on earth an official, a referee cannot see that that has gone out of play with all the players that have stopped as well, by the
2: way. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Honeyman
0: didn't try to finish that. It wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a great finish, was it? it? It was more of a kind of hit him and rolled in kind of thing. But how they've got to do something about this because there was another one actually, I think it was Coventry, where the linesman wasn't up with play and it had gone out and gone over the bye-bye. So you're relying on these people to spot things like that. And it might seem trivial, it might seem nitpicky, but that could cost the club relegation or promotion. It could be the difference between staying in business and going out. And it's not acceptable at, Well. I don't think a Sunday League team would be, except you know, would be happy conceding a goal like that. Let alone a a team in you know in probably one of the hardest divisions in in the country. So, yeah, just livid, absolutely livid. Uh, and you know when Sky and all other broadcasters are agreeing that it was a ridiculous decision, that uh, that something was wrong with it.
2: Definitely, um, I think literally everybody except the two officials um, that were were watching it. Um, even everyone in the stadium knew that it, it just shouldn't have counted. Um, I mean, it was right in front of me where I was at. So uh, I, I wasn't a happy bunny myself. I just feel like it's one of the, if, if you haven't seen it, I feel like as an official, although you probably shouldn't, maybe shouldn't rely on this, but I feel like it definitely gives you a clear indication. And that's the body language of the other players, including the whole players. I think everyone thought it had gone out and they just sort of left it. But, um, yeah, there was clearly a lot of surprise when it was uh, led led to uh, allow, unfortunately. And then, obviously, you get the classic, oh, should there be VAR in the championship? But we've seen VAR fail in the Premier League, so uh, I'm sure it'll fail just as much uh, down here. It's probably been a bit better this season, to be fair. Um, But, you know, like like you touched on there, you expect officials to do their job properly because it can cost clubs a lot unfortunately and Hull are one of the teams that are down there as uh, Brandon will know um and you sort of need to you need those sort of results to go against Hull if you're one of those other fighting teams and to see goals like that count you, you you'd be fuming you'd be fuming yeah. um because it can cost clubs and it's like you know Bournemouth got relegated um when the Hawkeye wasn't working at Villa Park I'm still bitter about that to this day, but hey ho. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, anyway, Brandon, I'm assuming you've seen the uh, that 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 ghost goal from uh, Hull. Yeah. What were your thoughts on it?
1: Yeah, um, obviously not happy myself given that Hull are one of the teams that we're chasing at the minute. Well, uh, chasing it uh, probably about a mile away, but um, <laughs> yeah, the also obviously not happy about the goal, but um, it's just human error, and the only where you're going to solve that is by something like VAR. But it I'm one of those people that aren't a fan of VAR. So I think it just ruins kind of the emotion of, of the games, to be honest. I, I've changed. I've gone back and forth, to be fair. But um yeah, so it, it's just human error. It's about ironing out human error. And I don't know how, how to do it. It's just got to be something that um, the governing bodies of, of football at this level have got to come up with. Um, it's got to come up with a way to sort it, whether that be uh, just improving the level of referees. Well, we already know that they need to improve the level of, level of referees, but um, I don't know. Something Something I guess does have to be done because it's just human error.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think for me personally, what, what frustrates me is I don't feel like the fourth officials are involved enough in football. Um, I feel like their jobs are very limited and you can sort of question, what do you actually do? Um <laughs> So, sometimes that's just how it feels. So, um, yeah, I I wish they'd have more of a say, because I remember uh, back in like 2015 when uh, Blues won a penalty at the last minute, but uh, like about six minutes off were wasted because um, no one could tell whether British Sombolonga had handballed it and denied us a, an open goal. But then they went to the fourth official and the fourth official confirmed it and we got the penalty. I don't feel like you see enough of that in football, that yeah. extra opinion. And if you've got a fourth official there, why not use it? Is it sort of an arrogance thing to uh, just be like, oh, I'll stick with my decision. I'm, I'm sort of strong by that. But if you're not certain on something or something seems off, just, just ask for a second opinion. So like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with it. And I mean, he didn't even go over to the lino to ask. Like, you know, or you just chat yeah. about it. it. It just didn't really make sense. But then obviously... Um, the liner wouldn't have had the right opinion because he didn't put his flag up None. anyway. Um, but hey-ho, uh, it be what it be. So, the Cov game, uh, pretty pretty dull, nil-nil, but Blues were particularly dire. Um, but yes. I think, again, that comes down to injuries, uh, mainly, like you said, Carl. Uh, we were still struggling in that game, but there were some stands out. And it, obviously, it's we're the first team to actually get a clean sheet at the Rico this season. So, um, that, that's obviously... A great stat to have um we definitely battled but there was a few penalty shouts here and there um I'll go to you first Brandon what were your thoughts um on the sort of overall uh performance
1: yeah it was just a bit drab wasn't it like um I was obviously watching it on telly um I did fall asleep on 60 minutes ish I can't lie but uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but um but yeah, I think I'll kind of touch on it more later on. But um, with the injuries that kind of you're suffering with at the minute, it's hard to kind of. Obviously, there's a there's a drop off in form. We know that, but it's with the players you're missing out on. Even with these players coming back, it doesn't always guarantee that all of a sudden the form's going to pick up again. You know, I've experienced this. Um, Years ago, when we, when in 2014 15, when we would spend uh, the whole season in the top six, like one of the longest amount of times in the top two and everything, and Chris Martin got injured, and we, we suffered with goals goal scored for ages. But when he come back, we still had the same problems, and we ended up dropping out of the top six on the last day of the season. So, yes, worry about um, the injuries, but I also want to stress that even when they come back. It's not gonna the form the bad form might not necessarily go away or the performances. So just keep that, just keep that in mind. So there's more work. So you can say, yeah, injuries, injuries are obviously a problem, but th- there is stuff that still needs c- that can be sorted with, with the players that are on the pitch at the minute. I think that's just something that needs to be stressed. But um, yeah, there's nothing wrong with getting a point away at Coventry and a clean sheet, to be fair. We couldn't even manage it. So
2: Ah, oh, yes, of course. If the mighty Derby County couldn't manage it, then no one can. <laughs> uh, to, to be fair, though, you are in the, uh, the the small group of three teams that have picked up points from there this season, including us. We
1: actually we actually first ended their 100% record thing.
2: So. Oh, well, there you go. There you are. Big stat. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, I, I agree with you there, and I feel we'll touch a bit more on that later, the whole injury stuff. Um, but I'll go to you now, Carl. What are your general thoughts on the Coventry game and also those penalty shouts?
0: It was just dire, I think. And it, it, I think it's a record of blues throughout. We're very pedestrian when we've got the ball. I think we've said it before. Um, you know, other teams look to get the ball and play it out straight away. It, from our, from Certainly from my perspective, I think we tend to just hold up play a little bit more. And I think... I, I, it was actually the Cov game. I was th- it really sort of stood out. I think there were three or four times they tried to launch quickly, um, and we just seemed to just take forever with it. Uh, whether or not that is a tactic that Boe is is employing, I don't know. Um, I think I totally agree with what Brandon was saying as well about the injuries. But I think the problem is is that the players that we've got coming in, some of them are doing all right, but they're not at the level that we've got in that. Who would be on that first team sheet? You know, and I think that was very evident. You know, Marcelo, I get he's young and learning his trade, but he obviously isn't quite there yet. I don't know we've had to play him out of necessity, maybe then because we want to. Um, but there are a few times he he struggled, I think. As for the penalties, how Sanderson actually didn't get sent off in that game. I'm not sure. Um, he was a lucky boy. He probably should have gone. Um, and it was a it was stonewall penalty. Riley's, pff, you've seen them given. You've also seen them not given. Um, I wasn't surprised we didn't get it. Put it that way. I mean, if, if the ref didn't give the one for for what Dion did, where he basically he basically did what um, Chiellini did to Saka in the yeah, Euros, yeah. Didn't he? really. That's effectively what he did. Um, and then and then, yeah. Obviously, the only other real contentious decision is is the red card, eight minutes from time. I was going to come um, on to that. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think we were lucky not to have one against us, and I think. The other one was very 50-50. It just depends which traffic you get on the day, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. I was surprised that, um, I think a lot of people are obviously surprised that it wasn't turned over because you do see those sort of fouls, those tactical fouls all the time, um, all the time. Um, I could see where some people are coming from when you say it's dangerous. Um, In a sense, when you look at some of the angles, you know, he could have clipped him, but... That doesn't mean he did click him, him, uh, clip him. But um, yeah, you know, he he doesn't. So, uh, in that sort of sense, he doesn't get him with his studs. He just does the actual foul he intended to do. So, I feel like the claim of no control um, didn't really make sense from the referee. but I, I can see both sides. But for me personally, it's a yellow card. However, like you say, you know, we, we probably could have had a red card for Sanderson. And if you're asking me which player would I rather got a red card at the moment, Ryan <laughs> Woods or Deion Sanderson, I am going to say Ryan Woods all day long. Um, yeah, so I'll come, I'll come to you now, Brandon. I know you uh, definitely thought that, that Sanderson was lucky to stay on and it was probably a penalty for them, but they didn't get it. Um, but do you think Ryan Woods should have been sent off? Yes or no?
1: um i i don't know i'm on the fence it's the only reason i can i can see that the referees give it is because like you were saying out of control um i think it, it with those fouls the tactical fouls a lot of the time you just see it's a trip whereas you see woods actually goes out off his feet that's the only thing i can apply to it from a referee's perspective um but yeah I, i'm on the fence a little bit um it's you obviously most of the time you see that as a yellow card. Even if he has gone off, feet, off both feet, it's probably still a yellow card. But like Carl said, it it's, depends what referee you get on the day. So, so, yeah. Well, for me, I'd be on the fence. I I would probably have got a yellow card to be honest, but the referees
0: obviously seen it differently.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's one of
0: those things as well that that. If, if you're a Cov fan, you want a red card. If you're a Blues fan, no way. Mm. And it'd be the same wherever. I think the biggest issue is for us, Brandon, you've probably got it at Derby. I know the Blackpool fans felt it, looking through their Twitter stuff yesterday. Is, there's just no consistency in the refereeing. No. That's, that is that yeah. is exactly the issue. I, I can't remember if it was Sheffield United or a game just after that when Chung went through and got chopped yeah. out from behind. And the guy was... I can't remember if he even got booked, but I think we got a free kick out of it, nothing. And it's just... You, you, I get that football subjective, and it's one of the things we love about the sport, but the referees, it can't be subjective. It's either all one or all the other. Um, and it needs, in my mind, I think the officiating literally has to be, it doesn't matter what it is, it's this punishment regardless. You know, if it would have dived in at knee height, fair enough, I get that. Um, but yeah, it's just the consistency, I think, in, in the decision-making is just... Shocking, and I i knew the minute the referee ran the way he did, he was going to send him off. He had yep. every intention, send, he didn't even think about it. Nope. um, you know, and the fact that Sunjic was there and there were players covered meant nothing.
2: Sunjic um, was having a bit of a stinker, yeah. to be honest, as well. But
0: <laughs> and, and he'd have probably got himself sent off, he'd have probably gone past him and pulled him down, and he'd, he'd have gone instead. But yeah, you know, there just has to be a consistency here because it okay, we were never going to win that game. I think we we're honest enough to say that we were definitely playing for a point, I think. Um, certainly by that point in the game. But, you know, it could cost, you know, teams points. And, and obviously in the position that, that Derby, I'm sorry to bring it up, Brandon, like every point yeah, matters. Fun. And that's the same <laughs> for fun. every team across the board, you know. And it could literally mean the difference, again, between promotion, relegation, going out of business, things like that. It's just got to be consistent. You can't, things like that. It's just, just ridiculous. There's too much money, too much riding on it. for for us to get a lovely little apology letter from Alan or whatever his name is as Boja keeps quoting him. Hi Blue fans Marlon King here you're listening to the Blues Focus podcast keep right on.
2: But yeah no I completely agree I feel like uh, for me it's sort of like if you need consistency but you also need clarity and that's that's what we lack in officiating in the EFL and it just does feel like sometimes it's one, one rule for one and one rule for another. But, um, I mean, that's, that's a whole debate in itself. Um, anyway, more, more positive chat is, um, yesterday's game, the Blackpool victory that we we desperately needed. That's for sure. Um, obviously solid win against a good Blackpool side, a 1-0 win in the end. And uh, I'd I'd say we were probably quite lucky considering how bad we were in the first half. Um, But no, I'm very very happy that we've managed to pull three points from that. I'll start with you, Carl. What what was your thoughts on the first half yesterday?
0: (laughs) Are there any thoughts to be had on the first half yesterday? Um, Other than being convinced that Bella had actually scored in the opening 30 seconds... Uh, which was very similar to Raheem Sterling against Italy years ago in the World yeah, Cup.
2: Yeah, I remember that in the World Cup. It would have been a worldie. <laughs> um,
0: I you know, I was convinced that was in. I, really, other than that, I think maybe Pedersen's deflected header. Outside of that, there wasn't really a lot of... But certainly from our perspective, it just, we were just very slow again. We just didn't seem to want to kind of get after it. And I think one thing that's been missing, and again, this could be injury-related or not, the press seems to have gone from the game now, not to rag on Derby again, Brandon, but going back to the Derby game, our two goals were effectively the high press in action, certainly the first goal. And I think that when we press, we're one of the best pressers in the league, but that seems to have gone out of the game a little bit. And it used to be one goes, we all go. And at the moment, Hogan or Dean will go, and the other one will kind of trot along, but the wing backs aren't up. And there was just none of that urgency in the first half. Um, we didn't concede. You know, I think it's really good that that we had Peds back. Um, I mean, Peds, Robbo and, and Sanderson were were immense yesterday. I thought, you know, I don't think you could really pick between the three of them. Um, Robbo looks such a better defender without Harley alongside him. And when he's in the, that centre position, that's not ragging on Harley. It's just facts, I think. Um, and I think the fact that you got those three plus with friend when he comes back. I think that's going to make the world of difference. And I think as long as they are they are fitting on their game, we're pretty solid. Um, Bella and Graham were fairly ineffectual in to win the first half. Of, you know, Graham's deliveries yesterday were fairly shocking. I thought, uh, especially I think the first corner where he just just didn't do anything. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just boring. There wasn't really any quality on display from either side. I think, um, and I think we were just I think everybody was grateful to get to half-time. Um, only to the fact there wasn't anything to drink anyway so uh, yeah
2: <laughs> yeah um, obviously it wasn't the prettiest of performances that first half from what I saw anyway I, I was I was a bit too drunk to notice at times but um, yeah No, I, first half we were quite dire having gone back and watched more of it as well but that Bella chance was certainly interesting there were so many cheers like it had already, already gone in Um But yeah, no, I think Blackpool, you've got to also appreciate that they are having a good season um, compared to what people expected of them. I think I predicted them like bottom of the championship, to be honest, or at least in the bottom three somewhere. So, um, no, they're definitely, uh, definitely surprising a lot of people. And they were a solid outfit. You know, I was fairly impressed with what I saw of them. Um, but they're just sort of working with what they've got and playing to players' strengths and that is so clear to see and that is a way to win football matches. We all know it because if you play to players' strengths then you'll get the best out of them. It really is that simple. So, um, yeah, obviously the first half wasn't pretty for Blues um, but it, it certainly uh, it certainly wasn't surprising since Blackpool are, are a solid side, that's for sure. Brandon, what, what were your th- uh, thoughts on the first half?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, kind of echoing what Carl said, really. The the press was something that I noticed as well. I think going back to the game against Derby, uh, one of the big factors, I think, was Chong in there. I think Chong seems like a really good presser as well because I remember he dispossessed... Um, uh, who would have been holding? Probably Shinny or Bird or something. He dispossessed him a number of times. They really struggled with that. And, yeah, the intensity from the press didn't seem to be there as well. It seemed really easy for Blackpool to play out at times. And I don't think they're an incredible playing outside, so it, it's clear to show it wasn't um, clearly flowing right. But yeah, um, other than the two kind of um, the chances that you mentioned with Bella and um, who was it, Pederson, not really much going on in the first off from Blackpool either. I don't think. I think as a Derby fan looking at Blackpool, I was actually licking my lips a bit to be honest. I don't think they were that impressive, uh, but they're having a they're in a decent place in the table. It's still early, but. um Yeah, uh, that's all there really is to report on the first half. There wasn't much cracking off until uh, the second, anyway.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, Completely echo that. So we'll go into the second half then. Um, Obviously, there's a few things to chat about in the second half. Blue's definitely improved. But there was also a change of shape. We changed to a diamond, and that seemed to really, really help us get into the game and uh, sort of get that final push and uh, the substitution as well, uh, bringing on a Nikkei. It's about time we saw a bit of a shift from. I don't think we've seen much from an Ek since probably the Luton game, or uh, maybe Peterborough because he did come on and he was actually fairly decent despite losing three 0 to Peterborough. Um oh,
1: yeah,
2: as as my as my connection gone. Oh, there
1: it we runs, go. Yeah. Uh, we're we're about back.
2: Now. We're back. Um, but yeah, no, I <laughs> I was just gonna say that. Um, you know, an EK, I haven't really seen much from him since Luton and Peterborough, even Peterborough, despite losing three nil to them, I thought he was good when he came on and we actually had some chances in that game. But since then, we've seen absolutely nothing of him really. Um, but uh, now, you know, he came on and he made a real difference in that second half, uh, particularly when we changed the shape. So uh, I'll go to you first, Brandon, what were your thoughts on uh, blues in the second half and uh winner.
1: Yeah, it was much better. Um, a bit, uh, I think it was a bit fortunate, wasn't it? The goal it, it seemed to just kind of hit him more than anything. But um, yeah. was it like Hogan? Hogan that headed it across or something? Yeah, it was
2: John James, seventeen. Um, oh, was
1: it? All oh, right, yeah. There you go. Um, but yeah, it, it was much better in the second half. Uh, a, a little bit more open, I guess. You were kind of going for it a bit more. You were the home team, obviously. Um, the change of shape obviously helped you. Um, I, just thought, I forgot to mention. I thought Graham was actually pretty poor in general in the game. To be honest, I thought he was. It was going to be right. Actually, I actually said at the game, it's because he's shaved his hair off. But, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, much improved. Slundish as well, I thought it was actually really good. Um, and yeah, fortunate, but you've you got the three points and that's all that matters.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, it was uh, definitely wasn't the prettiest performance from either side, but um, got the job done in the end. Carl, what was your thoughts on the second half?
0: Yeah, we can't, again, you know... It wasn't pretty. I think this, the change into the diamond really worked. I think Bowie said he was good. He changed his mind at four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon about about playing the diamond against Colf, which was interesting actually. Um, you know, they've been working on it in training and <laughs> it seems like ragging on Derby again. But when we beat them at the end of last season, that's what he did in the second half. we well, are having too to much fun with this. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> It's not often we get to, to pick on another team that often on this pod. So we're gonna do it. No, nah, it's um, fine. But you know, we, we change the shape and it works. And and you I know that people have similar feelings towards an EKS with Lecco, but you know what? I think you put in a real shift yesterday. Um at the base the diamond was fantastic. Um and again, I think I I mean McGree, I mean what what a loss he's gonna be. You know, it, it uh, oh, there goes the headphone. Uh, it makes you really, really gutted that he's going off to the shores of, of Charlotte in in what is it, January? I think January 1st is yeah. off. Yeah,
2: he's, he's leaving
0: Stepping that. Stone
2: FC to basically go down the yeah. stones. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly that. Um, and I, I mean, listen to his post-match comments. I'm not sure he's too thrilled about going to be honest. He seems to really bought into the club. seems to be loving it, you know. Um, but I think you know, Duke did what was brought on to do. He scored a goal. It was incredibly fortuitous. He uh, was onside before anyone throws up and bitches about it. Yeah, it was. Fans, it, has <laughs> yeah. it has been proven. It has been mean, proven. If EFL Quest agree with please, you know that, that he was definitely onside. Surely. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, it was just... And, and the defence. I mean, I mentioned in the first half that Pederson was was like a beast in that second half. God. He was phenomenal. He was everywhere across that back line. Um, should they have had a penalty? I'm going to say no. Um, even though I've seen the replay 20 times and and stuff, I'll still maintain sundic got something on the ball. He didn't, but we'll say that he did. And when you um, watch it, though, it does look like he gets something on the ball. Um, but it, I, it did in real time, but watching it in slow motion, he absolutely didn't. I think it's another one where you've seen them given, and it comes back to the consistency, so we won't complain about that this time. Ref was spot on, nothing <laughs> wrong with it. Well,
2: I mean, you know, they could have given our goal
0: as <laughs> offside. We've seen worse. Precisely. Just that bit of luck um, we needed for weeks. Yeah, exactly. that. But they just seemed to step it up. It felt like they got a bit of a rollicking at half-time. And, uh, yeah, I think they, they really went for it. And, and Jordan James was, you know, phenomenal. For his first full 90 minutes in a senior game, He's great. He's absolutely fantastic. Um, And if this is... Just the start, I can't wait to see what what the future holds for him, you know. um, We're very lucky we've got quite a few talented youngsters coming through, but he seems to be at the forefront.
2: Yeah, definitely. Very excited to see more from John James. He's definitely a favourite under Bowyer. I think what I'll be interested to see is whether he keeps his place, um, sort of, you know, if the main midfielders come back. I, I actually think he should keep his place over Gardner. I think Gardner doesn't deserve his place back at the moment Um after his recent actions, you know, the the headbutt, and obviously he got a red card before that at Peterborough. There's clearly a discipline issue there. And to be honest, he hasn't actually offered much quality on the pitch either. Um, so uh, Jordan James, definitely there's no reason why he couldn't keep that spot, but it depends who we bring in in January as well. I think uh, we de- we need a busy window in January. That's for sure. Um but no, exciting times. Hopefully we can uh, go on a run of games now, just a little unbeaten run, maintain that sort of mid-table place we're at at the moment. Maybe a late push for the playoffs, Is hoping, uh, with a few good signings. Who knows? You never know. But we'll
1: Not far hopefully... off, though, are you, actually, now after yeah.
2: that? No, we're not. I mean, we win That's our six, next game. Six we points can for eight. eight yeah, yeah, six points. There you go. It's, it's more than possible. We've seen bigger runs, unfortunately, from Villa. Um, but hey-ho. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, just very excited for the next game. Obviously, a good break now for the players uh, before Millwall away. So uh, let's get into your score predictions, lads. Carl, what are you predicting for Millwall away?
0: It's always a well, I guess every championship game is a tough game. Anyone can be, anyone would seen that. Um, I think we'll probably, I think it'll be a draw. We always seem to draw with Millwall at their place, I think. Um, it's going to be a tough game. Obviously, Rowitz there. It'd be weird seeing Kif to play against us. I'm not sure I'm okay and ready for yeah. that still. And he's been gone nearly a year. Um, yeah, I think thing would be tight. I think I'd go one all. I think it's going to be a game of kind of attrition. You know, I think both sides try to be fairly solid at the back um, and aren't exactly the most you know flowing, beautiful playing football going forward. So uh, yeah, I think I think we'll go one all. I, I think it's probably a game that Dean is probably going to knock on in. I reckon.
2: It's that kind of game. Hopefully, and, and obviously, then wind up all the
0: Millwall fans.
2: Yeah, he probably would. I could see him doing it, to be honest. And then, obviously, yeah. um, the uh, your favorite segment of the podcast. Um, who is your pick this, this week uh, for the Millwall game?
0: Uh, who do you want to see? I, to <laughs> I, I want to see Jordan keep his place, Jordan James keep his place in the middle of the park. He's more than earned it. I mean, I think it's also out of necessity, probably, than anything <laughs> else, but you know i mean i think i think he deserves to go again. it will be a tougher game i think physically against millwall um but i think he deserves it you know that he showed i know he isn't jude obviously jude bellingham is a generational player we all understand this but there was there were a lot of similarities there in the way that he tried to play the ball he was always looking ahead wanting to get it forward rather than go back um and i think he's more than merited his place so uh, so yeah i'd go with uh, him i think
2: good pick oh, i definitely uh back you on that one um and uh you know what, i think i just completely agree with you in general to be honest i'm actually going to go one nil blues um because Millwall have an even longer injury list than us and they're not in particularly great form and they've not got a great home record this season either but they're not having a bad season by any means that's for sure so it won't be easy um but i am going to go one nil blues and you know what, i'm going to go jordan james to get the winner I I fancy it. I do fancy it. I think he's got a goal coming at some point. That's for sure. So Brandon, just uh, just before we wrap things up, I'll go I'll go over to you for a quick score prediction for the Millwall away game for Blues.
1: Um, yeah, it's uh, it's I can only really go off personal experience against Millwall. We drew one all there, but it was um, we went down to ten men, and before that we were pretty dominant. So it's hard one to judge. Uh, it, it just it's the Jed Wallace FC really, to be honest. So. As long as you kind of play as a bit of a team, you, you and anything like that, you'll be fine. Um, I'm think I'm gonna go. It'll be close, you know. Though, uh, I'll say one nil Blues. Mason Bennett own goal. Love that, love that. <laughs> Mason
2: Bennett own goal. Nice touch. <laughs> well, um, thanks as always, lads, for joining. Thank you, Carl, as always, being the the regular that you are. Always a pleasure, mate. Exactly. Always a pleasure chatting to you. And then Brandon, thank you for filling in for John. And
0: uh,
1: yeah, no viewers,
2: if, you'd, if you'd enjoyed Brandon's opinion, he fairly keeps up with Blues and obviously is a watcher of the podcast. So if you want him back, just let us know in the comments. Uh, we'll find a special segment for Brandon as well. Um, or, uh, or Carl can have a new segment of uh, what what comment can he bash Derby with next? <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, or we'll have a... I've not even got any legs to stand on though, have I? so I've <laughs> just got to steer and take it.
2: We'll, we'll have a we'll have a Derby bash um, counter in the corner of the screen. Um, I could certainly add a da- to that. A,
1: a, ro- a video on roasting Derby, or I'll just sit there and take it.
2: Yeah, literally.
1: That would <laughs> I mean, bang. <laughs> I roast
2: I roast Derby most weeks on this podcast, as people probably know anyway. But uh, yep. yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, thanks, thanks a lot, lads, and thank you, obviously, to all the listens listeners out there that uh, tune in with us regularly. It's a pleasure to have you. And, um, yeah, just keep supporting, keep following the podcast, share, like, all that jazz, and uh, we'll see you in the next one, hopefully shortly. (laughs) See ya. Keep right on.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute, all your
2: mates around, you've got your McNugget share box ready to go, your mates are already booked for double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants 18+, serving times delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com.
0: This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.